The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as the potential for the discussion about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Welcome to episode 58 of the Neat Glass Sponsored Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ed. And today we're exploring expressions of a single distillery in a relatively new category of American whiskey that's been growing steadily in popularity over the past decade, despite us only ever having tasted one on a short, almost exactly one year ago. Yep. That category is Texas whiskeys, and the distillery we chose to represent them is Balconies, whose bottles boast of being the original Texas whiskey. Uh-huh. And joining us on this excursion deep in the heart of Texas, Mayor Siobhan... Howdy. Who reportedly flew to the Panhandle Plains, hopped over a paddock fence, stole a Longhorn steer, and rode her all the way back here to arrive in style on her first solo outing since episode 43. Thanks for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I rode it like a Bronco, I did. And so Ed's going to get us going in this big S Texas tasting by telling us about the bevy of boisterous balconies bottles we'll be imbibing tonight. Mm. Yes, Scott, thank you so much. And we figured we'd do this while Texas is still a state. Because Lord knows... (laughs) They've always had half a foot into their own nation and their own mind. They have. Uh, I mean, nothing in Texas is done small, mm. except for the Cowboys. Ooh. Well, no, if you, it's okay. Shade. No, no, you can watch them in the Super Bowl this year if you have a VCR. So anyway. Wow. Um, <laughs> Eagles fans here, so, you know, it's only fair. So, <laughs> beer, beer, beer. We're going to um, check out four of their expressions. Yeah. Three of them you can get anywhere you want. One of them is a single barrel, but it's available around the country for sure. So the first one we're going to check out is the Balcones Texas Rye. It's 100 proof, and it's only 15 months, Yeah, which is interesting. I want to see how Scott explained to me why this is going to be good in such a short time. Okay. Part of it, I bet, has to do with the climate of Texas. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly it. Balcones, number one, Texas single malt, which will be interesting because of the Grayson single malt blend yeah. of single malts, right? That we tasted. That, that we tasted. That's the one we ago. tasted on the short. Right. Then our last one we're going to do is the single barrel that we got from Benash, which is uh, their True Blue Castrant single barrel corn whiskey, which is up there at 127.6 proof, four years old and eight months. But- it's kind of the advanced version of their famous and very popular baby blue corn whiskey, yeah. which is 92 proof. So we're going to taste that before. We normally do in proof order, as you know, but this time we're going to make exception because I believe the mash bill is similar between Correct. the two. Yeah, exactly. And we want to see the difference between those two side by side. Yeah. And what makes Texas whiskey its own category in your mind, Scott? Because I thought it was just they had to fit into other ones. Well, there aren't any legal definitions of Texas whiskey, okay. but there is a Texas whiskey association oh. of distilleries, including Balconies. Uh, who provides label certification criteria. So uh, we have a bottle. Uh, so most of these are from Flavor They were samples that were sent to Ed. Uh, and yeah. We got doubles, so that's why we can have three people on the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Uh, then one bottle that Ed bought, the True Blue cast strength that he said. Now on the bottle here, it says certified Texas whiskey. Mm-hmm. has a little shield on it. And the criteria for that are, must be produced from cereal grains at licensed distilleries wholly located within the state of Texas. Must be mashed, fermented, distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in the state of Texas with no additives other than Texas-sourced water. And then must be independently verified by an officer of the Texas Whiskey Association. Wow. So, Or, that, or as they say, Fred. Yeah, Fred, Fred at the Texas Whiskey Association. All right, so before we get to the drinking, as usual, I have the history of Balconies. Now, you might think, because they are not haven't been around for a long time, that there wouldn't be anything interesting, really, in their history but you'd be wrong i bet we would <laughs> i bet something burned down uh, well maybe not but go ahead well no it kind of gets a little wild so you remember the story that you told about whistle pig yes and the behind the scenes and right how the board of directors forced the owner out a similar thing and uh happened over. Yeah. here so here we go this is from a 2014 new york times article titled how dreams and money didn't mix 
at a Ooh. Texas distillery oh. by Clay Risen. Balcones founder, Chip Tate, didn't always plan to make whiskey. Originally, he studied to be a minister. But after receiving a degree from the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Jesus. He, yeah, literally, Jesus. He followed his wife to Baylor University in Waco, Texas in 2002, where she became an assistant professor and he took a job as an assistant dean. However, Chip was unhappy tilling the bureaucracy of academia, so he left to pursue turning his love for homebrewing beer into a business. Unfortunately, Texas was already bursting at the seams with hundreds of craft breweries, but Chip noticed that there were almost no craft distilleries, so he decided to make whiskey instead. Thus, in 2008, with investments from local businessmen, Chip opened a new distillery in a former welding shop beneath a bridge just west of the Baylor campus that he called Balcones, named for the geological fault zone that runs about 450 miles from southern Texas to Waco. And from the start, Chip took a decidedly idiosyncratic approach to whiskey making. Instead of buying stills from Kentucky or Scotland to the tune of over $100,000 each, he designed and built his own. He also used local blue corn instead of buying generic corn in bulk, and he even made his own barrels. And all this effort and passion paid off as the whiskey was a hit almost from the moment it landed on shelves in 2010, and the Balcones brand grew like a weed. The first release, the one we're going to taste, a young whiskey called Baby Blue, won double gold at the World San Francisco competition, like you do, after which the stills ran almost nonstop and the business added new employees every month. However, some say Chip's enthusiasm has a dark side. Several former employees came forward to say that the distiller could be erratic, verbally abusive, and prone to lashing out. For his part, Chip denies that he was ever abusive toward his employees, but did concede, quote, there might have been moments where I lost my cool, mm. unquote. Despite this, Balcones' explosive growth continued, but in late 2012, Chip realized that he had to increase capacity to keep up with demand, estimating that a new still in a new space would cost at least $4 million, which was much more than either he or his current investors could afford. Enter Greg Allen, an Oklahoma-born, Harvard-law-educated Silicon Valley venture capitalist. you do <laughs> who was recommended to chip by mutual friend after weeks of negotiations greg agreed to buy out some of the original investors and provide 8.5 million dollars in capital in return he would control three of five seats on a new board of directors plus a 58 percent stake in the company chip would only retain 27 percent and control one seat his own but scored one major concession his presence at board meetings was required to make any final decisions ah. And at first, this arrangement went smoothly. Sales rose, as did the metal counts, and plans continued for a new $65,000 square foot distillery nearby, which would be nearly 30 times the size of the old one. But it wouldn't be long before the first hint of tensions emerged. At a board meeting in December 2013, Chip reported that the price of the new distillery might be close to $8 million. Not the $4 million he originally <laughs> estimated. Remember when I gave you guys yeah. that... Four. It's going to be double. So. Yeah, well, I forgot about the boats in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly shocked by the news, Greg and the board members began to question Chip's management skills, prompting Chip to accuse Greg of trying to control the company's day-to-day -day operations, after which he ceased attending board meetings that he deemed unnecessary. Mm. The next summer in June 2014, after it became clear that the new distillery's $8 million price tag was actually going to cost more than $12 million, <laughs> The board members made Chip an offer. They'd pay for the increased cost if he would step down from his management role but retain master distilling duties. Unsurprisingly, Chip rejected the offer. A month later, after more reports of Chip's aggressively erratic behavior, Greg gave him an ultimatum. Either take a 60-day leave of absence or be suspended indefinitely. Chip initially agreed to take the leave, but the next day, in a conversation with his assistant, Chip threatened to put two bullets in Craig's chest. Jesus Christ. Saying that he'd rather see the distillery burn to the ground than for Greg to be in control. This dude sounds like Betty Davis. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> Justifiably alarmed, the assistant called Greg, who immediately filed a police report, changed the distillery's locks and security system, and hired armed guards. A few days later, the board suspended Chip and filed a restraining order. However, because the board's actions were taken without Chip present, he sued in court to get a suspension lifted. Now deadlocked, the two sides agreed in mediation in December of 2014, which ultimately did not end up in Chip's favor. Chip would be forced to leave Balcones, sell his 27% stake to the other board members, and be forbidden to make whiskey in the state of Texas for 15 months. The next day, Balcones announced that Chip had been fired. 
Today, despite having become a cautionary tale in the industry about the trials of growing too fast too soon, all the drama seems to have subsided under the direction of new head distiller Jared Hinstead. And with the recent 50-state distribution partnership with Diageo, Balcones continues to produce and deliver unique, award-winning, artisanal grain whiskeys that are surprisingly young, owing to the accelerated aging in those hot Texas summers. Mm-hmm. In addition to their eight core whiskeys, three of which we have tonight, they currently have nine annual releases, one of which we have tonight, the True Blue, and five special limited expressions. Wow. That's a lot of but, drama. Isn't but, that a crazy yeah, story? I mean, it really it's crazy. Is. I mean, it seems like Chad had some issues. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm on the entrepreneur side of it. Exactly. You know? Like I felt Whistlepig was kind of fucked up the way they moved out their founder. Mm-hmm. But this sounded like he just couldn't play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. It's just sell what you can sell. Why do you have to double? If you're making enough money, you know, I know, I guess there's like a question like, do you need to get bigger? Can you just sell out what you have and make more for next year? Right. And I think some places actually do that and some places don't. And also, I think he just wanted to retain control of everything. And if you're the artist and you're making the whiskey, you might not have good management skills. Well, like what he said, he <laughs> estimated four million and actually ended up more than twelve million. And I hear that, but the point is, as soon as you give away fifty eight percent of your company, Absolutely. you're not in control anymore. I don't exactly. know exactly that first decision that he made yeah. with the guy coming in. That was the first bad decision he made. Right when Def Jam was in a lot of trouble, Russell Simmons sold forty nine percent of Def Jam. Right, made a lot of money, kept his. Controlling right. interest. Kept the controlling interest, you know, rebranded the company and kicked ass for another 15 yeah, years. Yeah. But anyway, Balcones is okay now. Drama's over. And uh, we're going to taste their first whiskey, which is the Balcones Texas Rye. And uh, we have a description from their website that Siobhan is going to read. Okay. So for Balcones Texas Rye, it says. These tasting notes should be read by a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put a disclaimer in these, these are being read in protest. He says, I'm some tasting notes should be read by Ed and shouldn't be read and enjoyed by Ed. And a reading of taste notes not by Ed is a violation of the contract and will be set forth in arbitration. Bring it up with the board. <laughs> All right, it's time. Uh, out there. It be cut by Scott. Right, exactly. Okay. Our 100% rye mash bill began with Elbin Rye from Northwest Texas, accompanied by crystal rye, often used in beer brewing, and chocolate rye, a special type of roasted rye. Driven by constant curiosity, we distilled our rye in our copper pot stills, which brings subtlety and perspective to our approach. Right. This is 100 proof. It's mash bill is 100% rye, aged at least 15 months. As Ed said earlier, uh, the price is about $40. So this is in your number one neat glasses. All right. I immediately get bare feet. Ew. Bare feet? Jesus. <laughs> and not like an acute blue lagoon no. bare feet, but like a... No, like a, like a man who just did a lawn. <laughs> the bare feet of a man who just mowed your lawn. I mean, I'm supposed to like follow this up with my nose. Like all, all my nose is searching for is feet now. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's feet, but also vanilla and citrus. No. I mean, this smells way different than any rye that I've smelled before. A hundred percent. Wow. It's so interesting. I'm getting paint. Now, paint's closer. There's yeah. there's definitely like a, a, latex. Like a latex yeah, or um, vinyl type of a smell. I also get like a green grape wine. Okay. This is really funny, but non-sweet grape. Yes. Like a dry yep. wine. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There's, no, there's very little sweetness on the nose. I, I can definitely see that. No, there's no sweetness. It's 100 proof. Let's give it a little sip. And I think water might help it too. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's very grainy and oaky. Oh, it's highly oakly when you drink it. Oh, my God. How? how oh, what wow. Is, what are the barrels? Like two feet wide? Like so oaky for 15 months? Wow. Holy damn. Oh, that's an intense whiskey. I taste chocolate right away. Yes. Yeah, that chocolate The is chocolate mold is right, yeah. right there. It's like a dry, dark chocolate. Chocolate mold. <laughs> you can taste it on your first sip. Chocolate mold. Hey, everybody. Have you seen my balls? They're big, big and, and salty, salty and brown. brown. If you ever need a quick pick me up, just stick my balls in your mouth. Ooh, suck up my chocolate salty balls. Put them in your mouth. Put them in your mouth and suck them. Wow. I thought it was bad when she smelled feet. <laughs> but now, so yeah, the chocolate malt is so prevalent. So all kidding prevalent. aside, 
It reminds me a little bit of the um, Dark Rye from Corsair. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. A little less intense because that was like what eighty four. Yeah, this proof. is a hundred proof. This yeah. is very. This is raw. There's rawness to this. Mm-hmm. This definitely gives you a Texas hug. <laughs> a Texas hug. Yeah, yeah, it definitely warms your chest when you drink it. It's not harsh, but it's not smooth either. You know, it's a hundred proof. Yeah, an aftertaste of green peppers. Oh yes, green peppers, yes. bell peppers. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's actually there. I couldn't recognize what it was at first, but I'm definitely feeling that as well. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a peppery finish. Putting some water on it, almost like like a spicy chili chocolate. Right, like you can get a block a dark chocolate with chili peppers yeah. in it, or uh, maybe even a mole. Oh yeah, mole sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you want? You don't want it. Oh, oh, it's a pour out for Siobhan. Siobhan's had her taste and she's done with it. It's very intense. It is intense. Yeah. There's a lot of leather notes. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tobacco kind of stuff. I it's, didn't want to say that again, no. but I was getting leather. I was waiting for somebody else no, no, to no, say it. No, no, no. I taste it. It's very herbaceous. I mean, I like it, but it's not really something that I would sip all the time. No. This is definitely a change of pace. The yeah. whiskey. Uh, does it taste like a rye to you guys? No, no it's not it for, doesn't. It's, it tastes almost like a single malt in a way. Like, yeah. yeah. It doesn't because it doesn't take like a sweet bourbon do we have uh-uh. another single malt coming chance? next coming well, next we have their actual single all malt. right yeah so let me be clear on this there's some people that would like this a lot and for the price it's very affordable it's a no for me like i don't need to drink this there's, yeah. a, there's yeah. other stuff i would like better than this oh well did you put some water in i it? did i put okay. some water in it and it's more drinkable with the water but okay. it's just it's a little harsh for me yeah it's a little one-dimensional as you would expect with a 15-month whiskey i think it's mm. very good mm. for a 15-month whiskey I have 30-month whiskey that I can drink, so I don't need to drink this. Well, okay, so let's do the tasting notes. Yeah. Uh, breaking bourbon. On the nose, rye grain slathered in chocolate with hints of salted caramel, malted grains, and a touch of smoke. Okay. Uh, on the palate, rye spice and chocolate form something akin to a piece of chili pepper-infused Mexican chocolate. And there we are. Turning further into chocolate malt balls. <laughs> <laughs> big and salty and brown along with the slightest touch of oak slightest touch of oak mm, mm. you guys slapped in the face with a piece of oak. <laughs> two by four oak oak. branch right <laughs> the finish the spiced chocolate and malt balls continue and transition to a lighter note combined with leather ending with a long lingering note of rye grain and damp yeah oak. i think that the chocolate notes are the highlight of this whiskey mm-hmm. by they far are. if you like chocolate malted rye yeah. you're, you're, you'll like this yeah. just because of that flavor that's so prevalent so when you think about the Woodford chocolate malted yeah. rye, this would be a much cheaper alternative to that. That one's pricey as hell. So yes. once again, I try to be fair to all whiskeys. For 15 months, 100 proof, this is a drinkable whiskey. Yeah, you heard our tasting notes and you heard theirs, and you can decide whether that whiskey is for you. For Ed and Siobhan, it's not. For yeah. me, I like it as a change of pace one, but it's not really something I'd seek out and drink all the time. I would drink this if you poured it for me, which is saying something because there's some that I'm no, I'm not drinking that. Thank right. you anyway. Like you could pour me an R bag and I'm like, I'm not drinking the R bag and I'm not <laughs> drinking Lafroy. I don't like them. They're smoky and peaty. I don't like that. So I'm good. You enjoy it. I understand why you like it. That's the same reason I don't. Right. So if someone poured this for me, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. I'll drink it. What's that? Oh, that's that uh, Texas rye from Balcones. Yeah, sure. I'll drink it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you want to buy a bottle? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so the next one we're going to taste is the Balcones One Texas Single Malt. A timeless style of malt whiskey, Balcones One Texas Single Malt breathes new life into centuries of distilling tradition with classic techniques and ingredients adapted for new world tastes. Opening aromas bear hints of toffee and overripe fruits. On the palate, layers of toasted malt and honey give way to mellow notes of baked pears and apples. A long finish is accompanied by cinnamon and cloves. Texas me, Texas proud. We hope you enjoy the whiskey we owe our success to as much as we enjoy making it. Mm. That's so cute. (laughs) So... Looking at the age statements for these 15-month, two years, yeah. no age statement, and then even their single barrel, which they make a big deal out of, is four years and eight months. Yeah. I actually think this goes back to, um, what was Chip's last name? Chip. Uh, oh, Chip Tate. Yeah, Chip Tate. I think it goes back to his dedication to making his own whiskey right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so his recipes were made with short 
aging because yeah. he had to get it out to survive. So, you know, I want to give him credit for not sourcing or at least not sourcing to the degree of most new distilleries yeah. and being like, what can we make in 15 months? What can we make in two years? What can we make in four years? Yeah, yeah. Instead of the eight years, the 10 years, the 12 years that a lot of people will just buy to start off with. So I want to give a shout out to Balconies for at least working hard to be true to their own recipes. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Chip, after he was kicked out, most of the like online commentary after that happened was in favor of Chip. Like, how could you do this to him? He He's an artist and, you know, all that stuff. He's the and, original OG. Right. Yeah, I believe He's he is the, the artist. I mean, I have to give him credit for that, but it sounds like he needed to step away a little bit. Yeah, It's yeah. a shame he couldn't come back and uh, make it work. He did actually start his own company again, and he's he's making whiskey again in Texas, so we will definitely be hearing about him in so, the future. This just goes back to something we were talking about earlier. You can control your anger problem, Gabe. It is possible. <laughs> right. See what happens, Gabe, when people don't control their anger? They lose their distillery. They lose it. But there's help. And you can recover, dude. Gabe, Gabe, so Gabe sent uh, Ed an email about the last thing there. Ed said he wanted to poke his eye out with an arrow. I, you know, I suggested that to get a true blind taste test, maybe... If we pulled out white hot arrows from a fire and blinded Gabe, right. then we'd have always available for a true blind taste. But and I admitted that it was excessive and I was just brainstorming. So he left me a voicemail Wow, saying, oh, um, wow. hey, he asked me, do you sit up at night thinking of ways to do harm to me? Like, what have I ever done to you? And then he was like, JK, but was it JK? I'm not really sure. Uh, I think it was half yeah. Right. And then he yeah. was like, I think he spent the rest of the night just like crying. Like, crying. Why? why? I like why my eyes. Why? I think so, there may be a restraining order. Yeah. Uh, so I made a decision not to mention Gabe on this episode. Right. Mm. Right. So thank, starting, you. thank you for your restraint. Starting now. <laughs> wow. All right. So this whiskey is uh, 106 proof. It's Mashville's 100% malted barley, age two years. The price is about 70. 70 is a lot for a two-year whiskey, but, you know, once again, in Texas, we've got to average it up to like maybe three and a half, four. Yeah. And in case you don't know what we're talking about, the increased temperature, it gets hotter than, let's say, Canadian whiskey, which you have to say it takes way longer to age. Yeah. So the heat speeds up evaporation, which speeds up absorption into the wood and all that good stuff. And, yeah, and it does get cold in sort of mid-North Texas, where Waco is, where yeah. this distillery is, and it's the push and pull from the temperature changes. Right. All right. So I can't wait to smell this. I'm becoming a bigger fan of American single malt. Yeah. Braggart. It has what I like of scotch without <laughs> what I don't like of scotch. It's so random. <laughs> I know it makes no sense, but that's why it makes it it's funny. Like random shade. I, like, I didn't say I'm becoming a better expert of single malt. <laughs> I was like, I'm becoming a bigger fan. <laughs> right. Mm, okay. So what's interesting is this is aged two years and it's much darker oh, than, yeah. the, than the rye is. This smells more like a rye than yeah. the rye did. I'm going to go with the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm getting feet the day before oh, Easter man. Sunday. Oh. And you are coloring eggs. Oh, a little vinegar. And the smell, mm-hmm. that ink and the combination of the vinegar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. That's what I'm getting. Oh my God, yes. As soon as you said that, I could smell that. It's crazy. I didn't get that. I'm getting like an anise or a licorice. Uh huh. Mm, that's you know, there. I'm getting So I'm getting the Easter black jelly bean while you're coloring eggs. Look I'm at that. sneaking jelly beans all, a day early. It's all Easter it, it, as, yeah. as I do. <laughs> Continuing with the Easter theme, Joan uh, and I, last night, uh, we were hanging out playing Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> the game of games. So now you're 15. Go ahead. Yeah, so now we're 15. Um, but he beat me in every game. I, I, I did. He totally winning. just ripped it apart. But uh, one of the Stellum yes. things that you bought, we kind of smelled a little bit of sulfur on it. Yes. Like, like as if did. it was from a hard-boiled egg. It was the strangest smelling note. That yeah, ever it was. But anyway, that has nothing to do with this whiskey. But it just goes to the fact that anything is possible with these smelling it notes. It really is. Um, All right, so what else do we smell? Yeah. It's a lot going on here. It's crazy. There's some uh, dark fruits on there. Uh, I don't know which ones. I'm getting I get berries. Like a plum. I get like more of a plumish. Okay. Like, I'm getting like, like a, a berry. Maybe a prune. Like a cranberry. I'm getting a cranberry. Okay. It's incredibly complex nose. Let's taste it. Okay. The nose is actually a little more complex than the sip. I think it's way smoother than I thought from 106. That is so strange. I've never tasted a whiskey like this. Hmm. Wow. What the fuck is that? I, what I, is it? It's a very sour finish for me. It is sour. Like, it's a wh- medicine from the 80s. Okay. Like um, like one that was taken off the market. Like Dimetap. Yes. <laughs> there was like a bubblegum flavor. Oh. Mm. So what's <laughs> funny about this is three quarters of this I love. And then 
The finish to me is off-putting. The yeah. finish is very medicinal. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. So I am definitely going to try it with some water. It's so intense. Like, yeah, let's see. Water might help that. Yeah, I don't understand what flavors. I, I mean, I'm not even looking at the tasting notes, but I can see the paragraphs of tasting notes from Breaking Bourbon. And I don't know how you parse out. It's just so odd. I think I could taste a little vinegar on the air like you guys were smelling. I think that might be part of the finish, which would not be a good tasty yeah. note for me. Yeah. So I added just like maybe a mere whatever the half or the quarter is of this oh. being full, the dropper. Okay. Yeah, like three And that drops, definitely yeah. helped with the yeah. aftertaste. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's drop some water in there. Let me try again. I saved some for this. See? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I really don't like the finish, though. Like I'm making faces. I mean, the finish is better with the water on it. I need to put more water in. These this. are both very drying whiskeys that they we've tasted are. so far. I can see people liking this. Oh, yeah. If you like that finish, you'll love this. It's just my personal palate does not like this finish. And I think some people would like this finish. Right. Ooh. You start to really like it, and then it kind of punches you in the tongue with some odd spicy... I don't even want to say leather because it's so much charred you, oak. Yeah. You know what? It's almost like burnt wood. Yes. That's a great thing. Like charred wood. Mm-hmm. And maybe too much. Like And too much charred like wood. Like burnt taste. Like you burnt my whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the more water you put on it, the better it does get. This is definitely mm-hmm. one that I might actually drink on, on a, a globe. On a globe, yeah. So... I think anything that is as complicated as this definitely deserves to be mixed. I mean, what, yeah. what do you mean by mixed? Like, you know, you with add water. it, like, like, well, oh. either with water or you make it into like a cocktail. Oh, yeah. I mean, a good mixologist would be able to take this and make, I don't know, like a smoky old fashioned yeah. or something to accent that aftertaste, you know, so it, it doesn't smoky. Isn't so bad. But not yeah. in the way that a scotch is smoky. I'm not liking my mouth right now. Yeah. Like the aftertaste in my mouth. You should just slap your mouth. <laughs> slap. Oh. Just hit it. Hit it. If oh. you're not happy with Listen, it. happy with it. <laughs> Why would I do that while you're here? <laughs> Lord knows I give you plenty of reasons to slap me anytime we're around each other. No, no, don't slap no, me. No, I would never. Because I'm not in the mood. Mm. Got a meeting in the ladies' room. Going to hear the crickets real soon. <laughs> All right, so the tasting notes for this, uh, Breaking Bourbon again, on the nose, potent in its delivery, a malty aroma with unusual hint of Italian sausage. Mm. Emanates it's sausage. It could be like a sage, I guess. Em- yeah, or maybe. A, or fennel. A yeah, fennel. emanates from the glass. A sense of dark cherries, aged oak, and baking spices also come into play. Surprising and unique to say the least. On the palate, roasted walnuts combined with cocoa, malt, and a touch of marzipan, along with dark fruits, light oak, and some tobacco rounding things out. Unusual and gripping, it hugs your tongue as you swish it around. Like the nose, it's quite robust. On the finish, a flash of heat kicks in, then tapers off quickly, giving way to sweet flavors of caramel and honey. I did taste some sweetness to it, but it like gets lost yeah, in the rest I, of I, it. Yeah, I do. Along with uh, toasted nuts and wet tobacco leaf, the sweet flavors linger, along with savory tobacco note in the background. Similar to the nose and palate, the finish is unique and intense, allowing the sip to go out with a bang. Well, he liked the finish, but uh, the wet tobacco leaf was not working. Yeah, the wet tobacco leaf is an odd uh, thing to have in your whiskey. So I don't think any of us really liked either of them. Uh, I did. I I like the second one. Oh, you like the second one? I did. Okay. I think I would drink the first one. I actually do like both for the same reason. They're change of pace whiskeys, but I think I prefer the first one. But I wouldn't drink it alone. I would drink it as a mixed drink. Oh, oh I, I see thought you meant with other people around you in case that finish made you wretch. <laughs> oh, You'd hold yeah. your hair back and puke in the back. <laughs> so ponytail holders. Are yeah. No, honestly, I mean, I see a lot of people liking the Texas single malt, and I did like it, to be yeah. honest, except the finish, which makes me not want to drink it for $70. Right. So I just sipped it again, and it has a lot of water in it. And what I get is the sort of the spiciness of barley, and then a sweetness kicks in, and then it goes right into that sour note, mm. which I, they're calling wet tobacco leaf. But uh, yeah. I mean, that could do it. Wet tobacco sounds sour to me. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to take a break. Yeah. We're going to clean our glasses, come back with the Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey, yeah. followed up by its superstar cousin, the True Blue Castrand Single Barrel Corn Whiskey.
Hey everybody, we're back where our glasses are washed and we finally have the final two whiskeys we're going to be enjoying from Balconies. Mm. I'm saying that optimistically because I didn't <laughs> yes, really enjoy the first two. I was going to say, enjoying, are we? Um, These yeah. are going to be sweeter, I think. So, right, they're more in my wheelhouse. So the Balconies Baby Blue Corn Whiskey, which is a 92 proof, we'll be drinking that first and then severely upgrading from all the ones we've had tonight. Yes. The Balconies True Blue Cast Strength Single Barrel Corn Whiskey at 127 point. Six proof, <laughs> which is also the oldest whiskey, four years, eight months, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, people, but in Texas, yeah. that's like a seven or eight year whiskey. Yes, I'm really interested to see what the quick aging that the Texas climate does to these whiskeys, because in the whiskeys that we tasted earlier, it was a lot. Right. So the... um. <laughs> The Balconi's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey doesn't have an age statement, but no. that doesn't always mean that it's a bad thing. Right. They could have some older expressions and some newer that they're blending together. Yeah. We don't know for sure. So Siobhan's going to read us the details of it. Balconi's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey, the first Texas whiskey on the market since Prohibition. Baby Blue is crafted from roasted blue corn. This rich and oily maze adds new sophistication to the corn whiskey tradition while keeping the freshness and verve of classic American distilling. Intentionally youthful, Baby Blue captures the essence of this prized corn with a round nuttiness, mm. roasted overtones, and refined complexity. The mouthfeel is viscous with a soft finish, a true Texas original that we are delighted to share with the world. Mm. This is a 92 proof whiskey. Mash bill is 100% blue corn. Uh, the price of this is about $40. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. This is actually their most prevalent. It's easy to find. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever tried this. I, I feel like I might have stumbled across it, but I have no mental like frame of reference for this whiskey. So it'll be like the first time. Feels like the first time. <laughs> Feels like, like the, the very, very first, first time. time. That was pretty good. Mm. Only the crickets will decide if it's good or not mm. the crickets, during the editing process. <laughs> the crickets will decide. Uh, so this is definitely going to be the lightest whiskey that we've tried. It's definitely the layer proof. It's going to be all corn. This is probably more up our alley. Is this 100% corn? 100%. Wow, that's really interesting. All right, so on the nose. Hmm. It's very sweet, sugary. It, it has a little bit of the same qualities that the other one do, but much more subdued, yeah. much more approachable. I'm getting very traditional. I mean, corn, absolutely, and some oak. I got apple. Apple, okay, interesting. Part of the nose is, like Scott said, present from yeah. particularly the first one, the Texas rye, I feel. But also maybe some of the single malt, which doesn't mm. make any sense at all because none of the, the mash was the same, but it's got a kind of a leathery or tobacco or herbaceous scent is what mm. I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, there's like you said, traditional. It's uh, vanilla and caramel, but yeah. some of the savory notes hmm. i wonder if the topography where it's made meaning do they have the same type of limestone that hmm. kentucky and canada tends to have i'm and not is that, sure is that why it tastes a little different it's definitely got to have a interesting a impact yeah as well. and i didn't really come across anything like that in my research the only thing i came across pertaining to the water was that it must be texas water right which okay. right uh, i've seen waco texas and it mm. seems to be deserty yeah and like yeah, more like a, like arid yeah. like not full desert but what do you call that when you're right off the desert yeah like, that, that scrubland yeah, like, like sagebrush and yeah, shit yeah like that yeah it's perfect if you're a religious lord who wants to take a whole bunch of people away from the government right and, and then, take them and then like, they attack you and then they say well you have if you think yeah. fire. Well, remember he thought he was jesus right oh jesus <laughs> but my point was david koresh is wearing glasses so i'd be that guy in the back like jesus why didn't you just fix your vision <laughs> like you cure lepers and shit can't you just fix your vision oh, if you're jesus man. david koresh that's it you're out of the cult ed get out of, they got out of the cult. Right. i would have saved my life yeah that's true you would not have been burned alive in the metal compound <laughs> but oh you God. know what they would just would have offered all right i think we need to cut all of this <laughs> this is taking a dark twist that i was a part of i don't know waco texas i think you have to mention it and you know what waco stands for wacko you? right just pronounce it differently <laughs> we ain't coming out oh Wow. And they didn't. And they didn't. No. They burned. Wow, it got so dark. So anyways, let's taste it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right, let's taste it. Hmm. Yeah. 
I don't like the finish. Mm. Once again, it's the first part is like sweet and really good. And then there's a sour ending to it. And yeah. it's completely a different mash bill. So I don't know how you Oof. do that in multiple whiskeys. It no. has to be something to do with the water. Or, or maybe the, <sighs> the yeast that they're using. I don't like that either. Yeah, wow. Th- these are really surprising. Like mm. I r- really a- expected from 100% corn whiskey, I expected it to be super sweet yeah. and vanilla and caramel, a little bit of what I was getting on the Yeah, on the and I get it, scent. and you get it on the first beginning of the mouthfeel. Yeah, but then like just that Texas whiskey taste just kind of takes yeah. over. I mean, we're going to have to try Garrison Brothers because this has not been a good experience. I'm hoping that the True Blue, which I spent some decent money for, is going to come through and be the savior of the day, which sometimes happens around here. I'm getting so much black pepper now. Mm. I can totally see that. Yeah. I got something. Yeah. And now that you say black pepper, it's like a heavy-handed flow like of black pepper. Yes. Cracked no. black I'm getting pepper. black on black crime is what I'm getting. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. LA in the 90s. <laughs> Rodney King's here, everyone. Rodney King. <laughs> That's just that was said to be cut by the way. Oh, that was, a that was said to be cut. I don't know. <laughs> Will it though? Will it be cut? Will it be? Only the crickets know. <laughs> oh, oh god. god. Yeah, this is really strange. Send all letters to uh, yeah. Candace Owen at <laughs> sellout tom.com. Wow. Oof. All right. I'm still drinking it because it's almost like a Boulevard A for me. And the fact that I like the beginning of it and hate the ending. And so I keep drinking it to get to the beginning. Then the ending's there again. You're never going to get to the beginning right. again. It's not something that I would drink again. That aftertaste them. is just definitely something that has to be acquired. It's almost like I asked you for M&Ms and you give me good and plenties. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> that's literally how I felt like the smelling went. Yeah. Like the notes had a lot of potential to them. And then when I tasted it, it was just like, oh. This yeah, is this the... one's tricky. Yeah. yeah. I was really looking forward to this episode. but I, have to I was tell you, too. Um, I'm hoping that this barrel pick that I spent a lot of money on is going to be good. But your finishes are just really questionable. I know, bro. Yeah. I mean, do you ha- who drinks this down there and says this tastes great? Like, do you have other people? Is this one person that makes this decision? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, listen, I'm you know no, I, go I, ahead. I keep it real here, and it's go like Belconis is a huge brand and very successful, and mm-hmm. they're 80 percent of good whiskey. Everything I drink, and then the finish. I don't know what you guys do for your finish. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, let's throw a rotten onion at the end. It's like <laughs> what do you want to do with the finish? Let's straight it through a sweat sock and get feet. Wait, so did we put water on this? Did anybody put water? I, I, but I, I but it's so bad you almost don't want to. I just drank it as fast as possible so I could say I drank it. I, it's, okay, and, and then then I'm gonna like walk the country trashing it wherever I'm i go not. all right so putting some water on it basically just elongates the start of it that we actually okay. like but the finish is still there but the finish isn't as long as when you don't have I'm a water yeah right. but you know what? that's the, basically the, the only change the finish is still is still a major part of it i'm gonna it? tell you right yeah. now here's the only thing i'm gonna say the true blue is a banash barrel pick and the only thing that i have to look forward to of this is that billy and rich have, have never let me down and if they've determined it's really good whiskey, then I have to fight through my biases off the first three whiskeys I tried and find why the True Blue Cast Strength single barrel corn whiskey from Balconies is a good whiskey. And I'm wondering if this will be the first whiskey in our career that we've disagreed with the Benash guys. Oh, right. All right. Before we get to it, we didn't do the tasting notes for the blue corn. That's fine. All right. So uh, the tasting notes from Whiskey Jug, uh, vanilla comes shouting out first, real vanilla bean, and it's amazing. Following are some notes of dried corn, fresh pastries, caramel, and an oak so light my mind might be playing tricks on me. Mm. On the palate, again, that vanilla so damn good. It's followed up by a cornucopia of corn flavors, cornmeal, cornbread, corn cakes, and corn chips, but also some yellow birthday cake, berry, fruit leather, and roasted nuts. On the finish, vanilla fades to a stale, dusty corn, and then back to vanilla, shockingly short. I, uh, no, that's not what I get on this. No, that's not what we tasted here tonight. No. And the whiskey jugs, we have a lot of respect for his notes, but he was kind of like sucking them off a little bit. And yeah. I have to tell you, I don't think it's that good. Again, I think this is another one that I might drink on a globe and see what that does to I it. I think I might drink it on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> like there's Double, a, my point is listen, my point is you're competing for my whiskey dollars and there's literally 500 bottles i can buy out there in your price range yeah the more water you put on it it does get sweeter there's more clove on it um mm. it's, there's some anise quality to it mm. uh, i agree with the anise but you really have to work hard with this whiskey you better work three in a row man like i mean there's been good parts about all of them but well, right. we're, we're looking for a finished product man we like really are and once again, I can find the blue corn 
anywhere I want, the baby blue. Yeah. But I won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's uh, move on to the true blue. Javon's going to read us the thing. Yeah. At Barrel Proof, True Blue Cast Strength preserves the bold flavors and aromas straight from our premium barrels. Select casks yield a power expression of our blue corn whiskey that opens with deep notes of brown sugar, roasted nuts, and buttered toast, while lingering honeysuckle and citrus accents usher in a long finish with hints of cinnamon. Crafted from scratch at Balconies and held to the highest standards of quality, this whiskey can be enjoyed as is or with as much water as you prefer. I think we're going to put a lot of water on this one. Oh, yeah. I almost felt that was like an alarm call. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, this is like, please put more water on this. Yeah, Yeah, but we drank a lot of barrel, so I'm not scared. No, no. This is 127.6 proof. The mash bill is 100% corn, ages 56 months or four years, eight months. Price, Ed, are you willing to say how much you spent for this? (laughs) No, I mean, when I said I spent a lot, I shouldn't be dramatic. I think it was around 60 oh oh okay i was thinking like 90 but what i mean is like to me there's a lot of good whiskey at 60 dollars what i meant and i I had a little bit of an attitude i got so you know (laughs) i extra right you know i picked this because it looks great and i've heard such good things about the true blue it's a gorgeous color so uh one of the other ones the uh, single malt was also this sort of quality of dark amber right now i will say this it's it's the same match bill as the one i just hated so that does provide some trepidation, but just because something at 92 proof and a few years old doesn't taste that good, yeah, at close to five years old at 127 proof, it could be completely different. Yeah, so the two reasons why I'm excited about this one, even having not really enjoyed the previous three, is because it's a single barrel and because Ben Ash picked it. That's correct. Yeah. All right, so let's on the nose. Oh, I mean, vanilla right yes, away. Right away. Like uh, now I smell what Whiskey Judd smelled in the last one. Yeah, it's like vanilla extract. Like the extract, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells really good. If this is the best smelling whiskey of all of them. It's very subtle. Yeah, there's, I think. Th- yeah, yeah, there isn't the herbaceous smells that I had on the other ones. I don't smell the tobacco or the latex. No, it's not as intense, but what's there is really is nice. Is there anything yeah. there besides vanilla for you guys? Yeah. I mean, a, a little bit of maybe fennel just at the very end of the vanilla. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a clove. Uh-huh. Like a little baking spices on this. Yeah. I mean, the vanilla is really so yeah. omnipresent. It kind of blocks out everything else. But uh, Is there any fruit? Any? Hmm. Any fruit? Peach. Peach. Yeah, That's fair. I can see that. That's fair. Yeah, I was going to say a sweet maybe fruit. Maybe apricot. Mm. Yeah, like that's more like it to me. Yeah, because yeah, it's a, so a little more dull than peach. Exactly. Yeah. Not quite as intense as yeah. right. peach. No, apricot is good. That's, That's good. Yeah. So vanilla, apricot, some baking little, spices. And a little fennel. All right, let's taste okay. it. Oh, okay. Hmm. The finish is better. Uh, it doesn't have that sour finish. It's consistent. There's no real change all the way through. From the initial sip to the finish is one consistent flavor that's yeah, pretty complex. Where the other ones were kind of like uh, sweet and savory and then sour. Right. This is the same note yep. all the way all right. through. So, so yeah. let's see what that note is. Let's try it again. Yeah. And by the way, very smooth for the proof. Oh my God, yeah. I forgot this was 127.6. It goes down like 95. I'm not even lying. This tastes almost less hot than any of the other ones we tasted. Yes. It's delicious. Wow. Man, damn it. Why? I don't know damn it is the right word, but man, Billy and Rich, Banash, these guys, they have such a great palate. They do. Everything they pick is amazing. Because this blows away the three previous whiskeys. Yeah, like, it does. It's not yeah. even close. Yeah. 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 Like, I wouldn't even have thought that we're in the same family. Yeah. This doesn't even taste like the baby blue corn one that we just had. Mm-hmm. I just put five drops of water on it. It only gets better. Now the finish is completely muted. There was a little, like a one hundredth of a note of the other finish, but now it's completely gone. It's just delicious whiskey. Wow. So, okay. So what are you getting on the palate? Yeah. I, I was just kind of enjoying the experience. I know. We were, because this is the first one we actually enjoyed. <laughs> I'm so glad we finished with this one. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Saved the night, man. It's been a rough one. I mean, you still get a tiny bit of tobacco and leather that but we were getting, but, but it doesn't. An appropriate amount. Like, yes. Like something that, a note, not so overbearing that it just ruins the drink. Yeah, and it doesn't take that weird turn at the end. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever smelled a wet pack of cigarettes or a wet cigar. It doesn't smell it, good. It's nasty. I, I'm getting a lot of cinnamon on it now. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the cinnamon to me has brought out a lot more once I add the water to oh, it. Oh, you added water. Yeah. Okay, let me do that. Yeah, too. I'm getting Indonesia cinnamon. <laughs> I mean, the cinnamon is really remarkable. Yeah. Wow, this is really good. The yes. more I taste this, because I was sort of trepidatious in tasting it because of mm. what we tasted previously. Yeah. Yeah, I but, went into this with such low expectations. Yeah, but, but the more I drink it, like this is a super complex, rich mouthfeel, intensely flavorful, oh, but wow. not in the bad ways that the previous no. three were. I mean, once again, I do like leather and tobacco in my finish yeah. when it's done appropriately and in moderation. Yeah. Not as dominating as I tasted earlier, especially yeah. on the single malt, yeah. which I felt was overbearing. I hear you on that one. Yeah, totally agreed. So, Siobhan, what are you thinking about this? I like it. It's definitely a surprise. I did not expect it to actually go down as smooth <laughs> um, in comparison to the other three. Yeah. I was very impressed with this one. Definitely the best one. It definitely is the best one. I would like to try it in a Scott Atten. Mm, wow. Oh, interesting. Wow. That would be. We can arrange that. Yeah, that would be a very high-proof drink. <laughs> I <laughs> You know, shame on me for even downing Billy and Rich for even a second. Right. I just didn't know that Balconies could produce this based on the three that I drank. Yeah. And once again, all those whiskeys had great notes to them. I just didn't understand what they were doing on the finish, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, and I think it's probably pretty polarizing. Yeah. You either like that finish or yes. you don't. Right. This is similar to uh, George Dickel. That has a weird finish for I don't some like people, it. like us. I don't, we don't like George We don't Dickel. like it either, but some people love it. I know. They, and they, I think that's a similar thing that's happening I've here. tried to like it. Yeah. I wanted to like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's fun to say Dickel. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And if I can order a Dickel when I'm out, you know, who doesn't want to order a Dickel? And Balconies rhymes with cojones. So right. there you go. Yeah. Nothing tickles my fancy more than a dickle. Damn. All right, so the tasting notes from Breaking Bourbon are uh, on the nose, surprisingly deep with sweet maple sugar candy followed by dry corn mixed with tobacco, raisins, pecan, light chocolate espresso, and something I can't quite put my finger on that is akin to the smell of a fresh poured cask ale. Mm. Deeply rich and satisfying on the palate, sweeter than expected with lots of corn and sweet raisins mixed with brown sugar, pecans. Ooh, raisins all the way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brown sugar, pecans, maple syrup, and a subtle dose of white pepper. Like the nose, there was barely any noticeable alcohol considering the proof yes we did also determine yeah on the finish earthy and dry starting with bark aged oak hints of dark chocolate yeah. aged tobacco dried leather and fresh ground green pepper mellowing out into a peppery finish that lingers i agree with all of that really this is really good yeah this is one that i will drink and enjoy on a globe yeah i would call this a complicated but definitely an intriguing whiskey yeah agreed the way i describe siobhan as a person Interesting, complicated. Intriguing. Intriguing and very enjoyable. Right. Exactly. A true blue friend. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with that. <laughs> well, you're just supposed just, to accept well, the yeah, compliment. Oh, okay. yeah, I know you don't want to accept compliments. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know how hard that is uh, yeah. for me. Right. I just want to fight it off. Like, <laughs> No, how dare you say something nice about me? How dare you, Ed? Put up my wrists <laughs> and have them bounce off. Well, she's like, Wonder Woman. She's like Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, Siobhan's getting in her visible plane and flying away. Right. That's well, she right. rode a steer here. We have to, a lot of meat to cook up from the steers that she rode. That's right. I mean, I won't be doing ribs all week. <laughs> ribs all ribs week. All week. Well, that's so, it's a weird thing to sum up with here. Listen. It is weird. If you can get one of the true blue cast strength, I would do it. It's been really good. After that, it's based on your palate and what you like as far as their highly intense finish that I find off-putting. Yeah, and which second one did you like the best? Of the first three, which one? Uh, the least offensive one to me was a Balcones Texas Rye, the first one. Yeah, I agree. Siobhan, how about you? I think you liked the second one, the single malt, I think. I did like the single malt. Yeah. Um, that was the most All the single malt. Yeah. All the single malt. All the single malt. I was thinking more of one mm. singular sensation. <laughs> Every little step she takes us, you know. No, 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 no. The crickets union would like to mention <laughs> that this is way too much for them to do in one episode. <laughs> They are protesting. Crickets are on strike. <laughs> the crickets have gone on strike. Normally, crickets would follow this, but the crickets have refused to work anymore this episode. So now we'll have 30 seconds of silence. <laughs> <laughs> the crickets have walked off in a small line. Unfair. Too much singing. Unfair. All right, Jimmy. Okay. Jiminy. 
<laughs> All right. I call him Jimmy. But yes, oh, okay. the Texas single malt and obviously the blue cat string yeah. were my two that I like. All most. right. This episode didn't go as we expected it right. to go. Yeah, but hey, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Um, if you're in Texas, enjoy your whiskey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're outside of Texas, try to find the uh, true blue when it comes out. Maybe yeah. some of their other expressions are as good. Oh, shit. I have a list. Oh, yeah. So Scott, I'll tell you what other ones might be good. And uh, we already told you the three that aren't. So, yeah. Ah. So I only have the core expressions. The other five that we did not do. They have the lineage Texas single malt. That's uh, three years aged. Lower proof than the one we had. 94 proof. They have a Texas pot still bourbon, which is a four grain risky, mostly corn, but also with Texas wheat, rye, and malted barley. I would try that one. Yeah, that might be interesting. I try. I would try that one. The True Blue 100 corn whiskey. So it's the True Blue that we have, but uh, it's not single barrel. It's yeah. not cast strings. It's 100 proof. I would try it. Then they have something called Brimstone, which is 100% blue corn smoked with sun-baked Texas scrub oak using our own secret process. I'm out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, their last core expression is something called Rumble, which is fermented texas wildflower honey mission figs and turbinado sugar twice distilled and aged in charred oak oh i would try that that sounds fucking that sounds crazy. interesting right can we order that somewhere it's I, not really a whiskey. whiskey yeah i would try that that's yeah. like a mead almost yeah that is between 45 and 55 dollars yeah we could probably order it i would definitely want to try that we, i've never even heard of anything like yeah that. that's interesting we could do a quick taste on that the other yeah. annual and limited releases that i mentioned at the end of the history they're primarily just other single mold expressions they have a weeded bourbon and a rum so that's it maybe chip knew how to deal with a finish i don't know we'll never know we'll never know <laughs> maybe maybe chip knew how to finish that shit out nice and smooth uh, without that sour ass taste to it uh greg damn greg venture capitalist greg <laughs> all right ed is out so uh no balcony sponsor this year um <laughs> another one down but listen you're, of course, fully able to make your own decisions if you want to take a shot at any of the balconies. And some of you might like it. Like, But, Ed, I like the baby blue. Well, good. Mm, right. That's fine. I mean, I'm awesome. not attacking your palate. He's like, not attacking your palate, but he's judging it. They sell <laughs> thousands and thousands of whiskey bottles every year to people who like their whiskey. They do. It's, it's the biggest just seller. not me. Yeah. So that's what makes whiskey drinking so great. My palate is for sure not the end all to be all when it comes to whiskey drinking. I have a very unique palate. Mm, I do too. I think Siobhan does I as think well. Siobhan has do. the most yeah. unique one. Yeah, she's yeah. a very unique palate. She's tasting years. She, she takes one sip of the hands and be like, mm, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> First she's like, this is 1979. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a bad year. Gross. I'm not sure I broke my first Destiny Child album. <laughs> I don't think I ever bought a Destiny's Child album. Exactly. <laughs> You've blocked it from your memory. That's how <laughs> tragic it was. All right. So for the Whiskey Tangent podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. And I'm Siobhan. If you want to give Balconies a chance, no one's going to hate you for it, <laughs> except maybe the finish in your mouth. But, oh, damn. Bye. Later. Later.